0: You're listening to a podcast from Vineyard Church of Augusta. For more information, visit vineyardaugusta.org. This morning, I, I, right out the gate, I want to invite you all um, to think of me less as a, of less as a preacher and, and more of like a tour guide. Can we do that today? Um, we're we're going to go on a journey together this morning. Uh, I'm, I'm going to take you to some places. I'm going to invite you to open your eyes. Uh, but, but it's up to you to like actually look around and, and see what you see in this process, to really see what it is that God, by his spirit, draws your attention to. And, and if you've ever been on a guided tour, that, then you know how this works, right? You, you get on the bus or you amble along with the, the group and, and the tour guide points things out. But, but unless you like lift your head up, away from your phone, and unless you open your eyes, uh, unless you're listening, you're, you're probably just not going to enjoy it too much, right? You'll say I went on the tour, but you won't be able to say much beyond that I went on the tour. Um, a successful tour, like what we're going to do today, requires participation, right? It, it invites your attention to your surroundings. So this morning, I'm going to invite you to tune your attention to your surroundings. And today's tour is going to be a a tour of peace unmakers. A tour of peace unmakers. Uh, Because our our world needs fewer people who unmake peace, and we need more people who make peace. We need less things that are going on that unmake peace, and we need more situations that make for peace. Um, and yes, in case you're wondering, peace unmakers is is a, is a made-up word, but this is my tour agency, so I can call it whatever I want. Uh, it is a it's a made-up word, but I like it. And what we're going to see today in Proverbs are are again a number of types of people who. Are not peacemakers, but they are peace unmakers. We're going to look at different at glimpses of sometimes even those rare, elusive peacemakers, which is why un is in parentheses. Sometimes peacemakers will show up in this as well. Um, a few months ago, Reese and I, with input from other people, we started crafting this sermon series. I pity the fool, and we had this initial list of possible topics that are really common in proverbs, right? And kind of themes that we could note. There's a lot that Proverbs says about it, and um, and then as we continue to dig deeper and read proverbs and reread proverbs uh, the subject of peacemaking like jumped to the forefront just really wasn't on the initial list but became obvious like wow there's a lot in proverbs about this and and at the time like we were aware of a lot of unpeace going on in the world right there's there's an election year looming as friends and pastors we know a lot of your lives have a lot of unpeace, whether it's within your family or or with just you personally as individuals. So I started working on this, and then a couple weeks ago, war broke out between Israel and Hamas. Uh, th- then our Senate kind of stirred up a lot of internal chaos, as if there wasn't already enough. Um, then there's like all these ongoing developments in the election fraud case involving like our former president and our own home state you know I'm like man why in Georgia like that just makes us look even worse you know why do we have to be in the middle of that and then and then and then like you guys can continue that list I'm not here to like tell you all the bad news in the world like you know what's going on in your own life. You know what it is that you see going on in your workplace. You know what it is that's going on in your school. You know what's happening with neighbors. You know what's on your heart and mind throughout the day. And we just, we we face so much unpeace. Like, what on earth are we supposed to do about it? And and today, to be honest with you, I ha- I have a lot more questions than certainties for you. Up until a couple weeks ago, I had like a number of things forming in my mind, like, oh man, we'll talk about this and that and the other thing. And now I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know. But I do know some things. I know enough to be a tour guide. And I'm trusting that the Lord, through his indwelling spirit, Through his spirit-breathed scriptures, has something to say to you today. Something that he wants to draw your attention to. And so for the bulk of our time together, uh, we're actually gonna do a form of Lectio Divina, if you guys are familiar with that. If you're if you're unfamiliar with Lectio Divina, it simply is a Latin phrase that means divine reading, or it can mean spiritual reading. Um, it's perhaps one of the oldest approaches in Christianity to just how to read the Bible. Um, it's, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time explaining it. It's a little best like, experience than it is necessarily explained. But, but I will point out one thing about what we're going to do. As Eugene Peterson puts it, uh, spiritual reading is reading with our entire lives, not just our synapses. Lectio Divina is reading with our entire lives, not just our synapses. What we're going to do today is is not just an intellectual exercise, but it's like a whole being exercise. So your mind, your body, your spirit, your emotions, your relationships, your hopes and dreams, all all of this. And, And what we're going to try to do, if we're successful, on this little jaunt together, is we're going to simply try to overlay God's reality on top of our reality. We're going to try to lay God's world over our world and see where they touch. We're, we're going to take some of our observations of our own earthly experience as we experience the world, and, and we're going to set them up next to God's experience of reality as is expressed in the scriptures and we're just going to notice what we notice. And that's the invitation on this, on this tour today of Peace on Makers. Notice what you notice. Now, so we are in the book of Proverbs. And I think this just, this just incidentally is kind of helpful. Um, I will say this about Lecture Divina. What we're going to do this morning together, you can kind of do anywhere, anytime. Almost with any portion of Scripture, we, we can approach it in this kind of way. But we're doing Proverbs now, in Proverbs, by my unofficial count, I counted over 75 verses that in some way or form address peace unmakers, in some way point towards things that mess up peace and things that form peace. And, and before we head out onto our, our trek together, uh, I'm, I'm going to point out three things about three, um, three peace unmakers in Proverbs. Now, we're going to see a whole lot of synonyms. Right? And in the Hebrew is actually very much the same. There's a lot of synonyms, right? Words that pop up like strife and quarrel, conflict, dispute, right? That, that are just different words, just like in English, that just kind of express the same kind of unpeace that's going on. But there's three particular peace on makers that are quite repetitive in Proverbs that I just think we're gonna see these in English, but just know that these are kind of behind the scenes of the pictures that, that Proverbs is trying to paint in our brains. Um, the first piece on Maker is one called Madon. You don't have to know what that is, but it's a Hebrew word called Maidan. It's translated a number of different ways. And so when you read dispute or you read conflict, right? one of those words, um, I want you to hear judge, right? And this could be like judge as in like a legal court, deciding what's right and wrong and who's guilty and who's innocent. Um, it can also mean judge, like, along the lines of an umpire, right? Like, in a sports ball game, who, like, throws, ho- throws the flag on the play, you know? And we all know, like, if there's anything that a sports ball fanatic hates more than the, like, opposite team's quarterback, it's, it's the umpires, you know? The refs that just call bad calls as we see them, right? So, but point being, whether it's a judge or an umpire, the idea is that this conflict arises in which a, situa- a, situa- in a situation in which someone is trying to be the bossy boots. Someone is trying to say, here's the thing, I'm going to tell you guys all what it's like, who's right, who's wrong, and it just kind of makes it even worse, right? Uh, another word, reeb. again, you don't have to know that, but this other piece, Unmaker, um, you're going to hear words like strive or quarrel. Uh, and this word has connotations of like to grapple, like a wrestling match. Like you're going to grab somebody and wrestle them to the ground. Um, it can it can have connotations of defend. You have something to defend. Somebody's trying to protect something that they feel is threatened. It's quite often used in the Bible um, in situations where there's disputed land, right? And someone says like, "Oh no no no, hands off. That's not yours. That's mine." back away, and this other person's trying to make a similar claim, right? So those are kind of some of the images playing behind the scenes. There's a third word. It's also fairly common. You'll read this a couple times today. Um, and we're going to read words like violence or violent, and which, which this word carries connotations of like cruelty, right? Just mean, cruelty, just being mean for the sake of being mean, Um, As a noun, it can mean oppressor, right? So not just a single act of violence, but an overall oppressive state over someone. Um, And again, this is, I, I kid you not, I kid you not, the Hebrew word for violence or violent, when you hear it today, I kid you not that the Hebrew word is Hamas. Wow. That was about all I had to say about that. Now, now I want us to notice that. I want us to also not make too much of it. I did a bunch of research on this this week because my response was, wow. Um, I did a bunch of research on this this week, uh, including calling a, a world-class Semitic linguist that some of you guys know and love as well. And here are my conclusions, is that first, we should know the, the, that the terrorist organization named Hamas is an acronym... Um, I won't even try to pronounce it. I will not do the Arabic justice at all. But in English, it it translates to Islamic resistance movement. The the second thing we should know is that in Arabic, okay, this is not Arabic, this is Hebrew, but in Arabic, Hamas is actually also an Arabic word. And we do this in English with acronyms, right? The best acronyms are the ones that actually mean like a word, helps us to remember it. Um, In Arabic, Hamas means zeal or strength or bravery, and the third thing that I just want us to like notice is that because the human condition and our human communication is so complex and our communication is so nuanced that, that we ought to just note the tension that is created when the same set of syllables means violence in one language and bravery or zeal in the other. This is pointing to something in our communication when those same syllables can be uttered out of mouths and heard in very different ways. So, we're going to do some Lectio Divina. Now, I'm not going to read all 75 plus of these Proverbs. Somebody was like, oh man. I narrowed it down to a dozen. All right? I narrowed it down to a dozen. And and what we're going to do as we walk together, I'm just going to simply invite you to experience certain areas of your life if we think about our lives in concentric circles, and I'm just going to ask you to think about that circle in your your existence and name something in that. Then I will read this selection of Proverbs. Um, They're not going to be on the screens. I did this intentionally. I'm going to invite you guys here present to just listen. If you do look on the, if you want to know what these words were, or these verses were, you can look it up in the program. The references are there. But we're just going to listen to these, and we're going to invite you to just note one word, one phrase, one image that jumps out to you. We're going to hold that situation side by side with whatever part of that scripture jumps out at you. And then I'm going to give you like a final question or invitation to prayer or something like that. So then there will be moments of like silence. Mixed in with this as you pay attention to the Lord. We'll do that four times, then we'll wrap it all up. Sound good? All right. Okay, so the the bus is pulling out of the station. Please keep all arms and legs inside at all times. I, I, I will say this at this moment, everybody just take a breath. Because now at this moment, we're shifting gears. To where I don't want you to listen to me at all. I want you to listen to the Lord. So however you need to like, physically get comfortable in your seat, do it. Taking a few deep breaths and imagining that we're breathing in his actual spirit is sometimes helpful. If it's helpful for you to close your eyes, you can close your eyes. God, we invite you in this spiritual reading to speak to us we ask you to draw our attention on this little tour to what it is that you want us to notice today. We confess, Lord, that there are so many things and situations and people that are vying for our attention, many of which are very worthy of our attention, but we ask you in these moments to draw our attention to what you want us to see today. And at the same time, speak to us through your scriptures. Amen. So we're, we're going to start really big picture. And the first circle that I want you to just draw your attention to right now is just the world. The whole world, uh, maybe our nation. And my question to you is simply this. When you consider the world or our nation, where are their peace unmakers that are particularly troubling your heart today. And I'd encourage you, maybe just, just ask the Holy Spirit to highlight one and just kind of hold that. We're not trying to solve anything or overthink it. We're not trying to judge anything. We're just holding. This is an unpeacemaker is troubling my heart today. And now hold that in your heart before the Lord as I read and just notice what the Holy Spirit highlights to you in the scriptures. What word, what phrase, what image? Do not envy the violent or choose any of their ways. Hatred stirs up conflict, but love covers over all wrongs. Whoever derides their neighbor has no sense, but the one who has understanding holds their tongue. From the fruit of his mouth, a man eats what is good, but the desire of the treacherous is for violence. Better a patient person than a warrior one with self-control, than one who takes a city. Whoever would foster love covers over an offense, but whoever repeats the matter separates close friends. Starting a quarrel is like breaching a dam, so drop the matter before a dispute breaks out. Fools find no pleasure in understanding but delight in airing their own opinions. Do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. Do not associate with one easily angered, or you may learn their ways and get yourself ensnared. Do not say, I'll do to them as they have done to me. I'll pay them back for what they did. Without wood, a fire goes out. Without a gossip, a quarrel dies down. Fools give full vent to their rage, but the wise bring calm in the end. And take a silent moment before the Lord. And as you consider how an image or word from the scriptures intersects with that situation that you name. Here's a question. How do you respond to God right now? How would you like to respond to God right now? What rises up in you? Just bring that to him in this moment as honestly as you can. Now we're going to narrow in a little bit. Circle number two. Just think about your broad broad circle of acquaintances. Anyone that you know, right? Just be coworkers, Facebook friends, real-life friends, neighbors, far-extended family, whatever. Just the biggest circle of people that you actually know. And as you think about all those people what is one situation of unpeace that you're aware of right now What's one situation in that circle of people that you are aware of that is just characterized by disputes conflicts whatever maybe it doesn't even involve you but just hold that Again, we're not not judging it. We're not trying to take sides. There's nothing to solve right now. But just hold that before the Lord as something that bothers you. And again, allow these Proverbs to wash over you and notice which one jumps out to you. It might be the same one that just struck you before. Maybe there's a different word. Maybe there's a different phrase or image that the Spirit wants to highlight for that situation. Do not envy the violent or choose any of their ways. Hatred stirs up conflict, but love covers over all wrongs. Whoever derides their neighbor has no sense, but the one who has understanding holds their tongue. From the fruit of his mouth, a man eats what is good, but the desire of the treacherous is for violence. Better a patient person than a warrior, one with self-control than one who takes a city. Whoever would foster love covers over an offense, but whoever repeats the matter separates close friends. Starting a quarrel is like breaching a dam, so drop the matter before a dispute breaks out. Fools find no pleasure in understanding, but delight in airing their own opinions. Do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. Do not associate with one easily angered, or you may learn their ways and get yourself ensnared. Do not say, I'll do to them as they have done to me. I'll pay them back for what they did. Without wood, a fire goes out. Without a gossip, a quarrel dies down. Fools give full vent to their rage, but the wise bring calm in the end. And again, as we take a silent moment before God, you hold that scripture, the situation side by side, how might you pray to God right now? How might you intercede for others? How might you ask God to intercede and intervene in his goodness? You can ask him now. We're going to come in even closer to this third circle. You might notice that perhaps some things that start hitting you as we get closer and closer in start feeling a bit more painful or a bit... You might notice yourself resisting to want to look at them more. That's okay. God is good. He has nothing but good things for you right now. In this third circle is more of like your immediate family or or perhaps your closest relationships. If you have some really close friends that you would call like a brother or a sister or maybe they're not your aunt or uncle, but they feel like that to you, right? That counts. So as these faces and people come to you, I want you to ask yourself, where is peace being unmade in your relationship with one of these people? Between you and them, what is, where's something, and maybe you don't even can't even name it, but you know the person, right? Where is there a sense of un peace? Where is there pain or conflict, disagreement? Maybe it just makes you sad. Just hold hold that person, that face, that situation before the Lord as I read. And again, take note of what the Spirit draws your attention to in these scriptures. Just hold on to that thing. Do not envy the violent or choose any of their ways. Hatred stirs up conflict, but love covers over all wrongs. Whoever derides their neighbor has no sense, but the one who has understanding holds their tongue. From the fruit of his mouth a man eats what is good, but the desire of the treacherous is for violence. Better a patient person than a warrior, one with self-control than one who takes a city. Whoever would foster love covers over an offense, but whoever repeats the matter separates close friends. Starting a quarrel is like breaching a dam, So drop the matter before a dispute breaks out. Fools find no pleasure in understanding, but delight in airing their own opinions. Do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. Do not associate with one easily angered, or you may learn their ways and get yourself ensnared. Do not say, I'll do to them as they have done to me. I'll pay them back for what they did. Without a wood, fire goes out. Without a gossip, a quarrel dies down. Fools give full vent to their rage, but the wise bring calm in the end. So in a silent moment again before the Lord, I want you to consider in what way is God inviting you to be a peacemaker? In what way do you sense God inviting you to be a peacemaker? finally, we come to the very center of this circle where you find yourself. It's just you. In what ways are you not at peace with yourself? Sometimes that can be hard to name. In what ways... Are you not at peace with yourself? Maybe not at peace with your own soul. Maybe not at peace with your own mind. Maybe not at peace with your own body. Maybe it just helps to name words like fear, anxiety, depression, disappointment, Name that however is helpful to you. And hold that in your heart as we read these scriptures one more time. And Again, allow the Holy Spirit to highlight something he wants you to see for you. Do not envy the violent or choose any of their ways. Hatred stirs up conflict, but love covers over all wrongs. Whoever derides their neighbor has no sense, but the one who has understanding holds their tongue. From the fruit of his mouth a man eats what is good, but the desire of the treacherous is for violence. Better a patient person than a warrior, one with self-control than one who takes a city. Whoever would foster love covers over an offense, but whoever repeats the matter separates close friends. Starting a quarrel is like breaching a dam, so drop the matter before a dispute breaks out. Fools find no pleasure in understanding, but delight in airing their own opinions. Do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. Do not associate with one easily angered, or you may learn their ways and get yourself ensnared. Do not say, I'll do to them as they have done to me. I'll pay them back for what they did. Without wood, a fire goes out. Without a, gospel, a, without a gospel, without a gossip, a quarrel dies down. Fools give full vent to their rage, but the wise bring calm in the end. And in this final moment of silence before the Lord, I invite you to ask Him. Lord, what do you think about my unpeaceful state? As you consider how you felt and what scripture kind of stood out to you, just ask Him and listen. How does He respond? What do you think about my unpeaceful state? Our Lord Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. (coughs) By which we might infer that the opposite is true, that cursed are the peace unmakers. And he says that they will be called children of God. That is like they'll bear the family resemblance. God is a peacemaker, and therefore so are his children. Which means the opposite of that is also true. That those who are peace unmakers are children of someone else. And again, I'll say the world has... Enough peace unmakers, enough strife, enough quarrels, enough umpires and judges, enough Hamas, like the world really doesn't need any more of those things. What the world needs is more peacemakers. And I'm reminded of Paul's exhortation in Romans when he says, so then let us pursue what makes peace. Let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. Why don't you stand with us?